obviously it's like remote viewing training. You, you have to take people through the very basics on they remote view things that they can get full feedback on like real world stuff. Um, like historical events, YouTube videos, you know, stuff like that, like a guys in wingsuits flying around or something so that they can, they can do the remote viewing and then they can look at that um, event that they viewed. And so they can line up their data with um, uh, whatever it is, right? Um, so that's how they basically learn. Then after that, or in between those, you, you know, you toss in weird stuff like UFOs and ancient archaeology and stuff like that, which always blows their mind. Yeah. And just for the new listeners, the people who might not be aware of you, can you just give a brief rundown of your background with the three letter agencies and how you got into this? Yeah. I mean, like I'm an artist. I, I went to art school and I was, I wasn't so interested in psychic functioning. Um, at all. Right. But I was, you know, a, a, a meditator. I meditated a lot. I lived at a Zen center. And in 1995, when remote viewing was declassified by the CIA, I was like, what the heck is that? It's like psychic spies. Like they use some form of technology and I could learn that. Oh, I got to check that out. So I just started to research and figure it out. Um, I mean, back then it's like, 1995 internet really wasn't a whole lot, um, but there were bits and pieces here and there that I cobbled together on how to remote view. And then I got formal training. So once I got formal training, I don't know what happened. It was like, I got pulled into a think tank because of the way that I remote viewed. Cause I went to art school and I was like, just describing how light falls on a surface. I mean, that's what you learn in art school. How do you describe that on pen and paper? You know, how light falls on a piece of paper, how light falls on a surface, put that on paper. And so that for me translated into what's known as a, a very physical remote viewer. In other words, I describe things in a very physical way and, and not a lot of people do, right? People go about their lives and they live through concepts and metaphors, um, within the things around them. Uh, and that translates into their remote viewing sessions. So for me, it was just like being a very physical, physical remote viewer. And that's a valuable thing. So I got pulled into a think tank um, and started working. Uh, it was a civilian think, think tank. And we were working with um, people in corporations. We had an investor who dumped a ton of money into us. And we had a team of remote viewers and we were working with um, like household names um, in the corporate side on technology, um, on entertainment, on stuff like that. And we would, we would literally be these backdoor deals. We would be like, you know, get a call from the CEO of these companies, you know, and say, hey buddy, come here, you know, with the back door open and say, can you do this and that for us? Can, can you figure this and that out? And so we did. So it was this thing that grew and then it grew into the intelligence world as well, where we had people in intelligence contact us and ask us for things. They were just these one-off things. And it was never ever like through the front door. It was always like these backdoor quiet deals where there was no paperwork. There was no like, um, security clearances. There was nothing like that. So we do this stuff, you know, um, and it was usually weird stuff. I'll tell you, it's like most of the, I mean, they could figure stuff out, right? They could figure stuff out with in their intelligence operatives, or whatever, going out in the field. But when you get to the bizarre things, alien things, uh, time related things, portal related things, they would ask us. And Eventually, what that led to was working on counterterror. I mean, that's like full-on real-world stuff. Uh, right after uh, 2001, when the Twin Towers fell, it was like probably a week or so after um, that happened, we were asked by the FBI to, um, well, actually, first we were asked to remote view um, underneath the, uh, the towers after they collapsed to find out if that retaining wall underneath it was breached in the basement because if it was breached or if it was compromised in some way, 
then the Hudson River would have eventually flowed into lower Manhattan and completely destroyed it. So they wanted us to remote view that. So we looked at that and it was, it was fine. It was intact. We gave them all our data, told them we thought it looked good, um, no problems. And then probably about a week later, after all that heat subsided, they were able to get their engineers down there and confirm our information on it. And then they asked us if we wanted to hunt for bin Laden and mm -hmm. like, nah, no thanks. Don't want to do that. Um, well, it's interesting, all the information about bin Laden that's coming out right now, uh, if you're even keeping up with it. I am. So the hunt for him would have been kind of pointless because they kind of were head tabs on him the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was an asset. He was their asset, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, so, but see, but at that time, we weren't thinking in terms of conspiracy theories on the, to that degree, right? We were just thinking like, okay, backing up a little bit. We were constantly being harassed by an agency that I won't say its name in order to shut us down. Um, so we were being harassed by them. We had death threats. They would follow us everywhere. Um, so on the one side, we're being by, you know, like harassed by a criminal government agency. That's how I thought of it because I mean, why would these people break into our homes and rearrange our furniture? I mean, they're pure criminals. They're trying to get us to stop doing something that has been declassified, right? They didn't want us doing this. On the other side, we had people who were wanting to work with us in intelligence. And so we did. So there was this like constant pressure, squeezing pressure on us. And then when 9-11 happened and the FBI brought us in, the only thing we think about was, well, maybe this is going to relieve that, you know, um, attack, the attacks that we were getting from this other agency. And on top of that, we were thinking, you know, we, we were thinking it was a real attack, right? From, you know, it wasn't this engineered thing. Um, so we just jumped right into it. And we said we would do, we won't do bin Laden because we didn't want errant drop, uh, bombs to drop on people. You know, if, if we gave information and they did something with it and it killed people, then that's, that's, on, that's on my head. Um, so we instead said that we would do counter-terror, future counter-terror. In other words, we would look at future terrorist attacks on U.S. soil and see if we could, you know, give information that could potentially stop those, those attacks. Um, you know, most of the people who work, uh, the people that we worked with and the people that who work in that, like on the, it's like just above ground level surface, not like like agents on the ground, but people just who are managing that, um, they're, they're patriots, you know? They're people who are interested and believe in the narratives that the government puts out. Uh, and that's, that's a lot of what we found. So it's like on the one hand, we're seeing this corrupt government system with this agency attacking us. Um, but on the other hand, we were involved with these people on the ground who were like, we're going to be attacked again at any moment, fully convinced, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was like our attitude, like this, this patriotic kind of like, well, we got to help stop something like this because we don't want innocent civilians to die. You know, find out later, you know, you don't even need to remote view this, right? Because all you've got to do is, is look at the open source information that's out there on this stuff. You don't need a remote viewer to tell you that this is all messed up and wonky. And what we do is we look at the emotional state of each candidate at the moment that they realize whether they won or lost. And that usually tells us, I mean, you know, one's going to be happy, one's going to be sad. Um, it's pretty basic. Mm -hmm. And so in past elections, what we've seen was that, you know, for instance, between uh, like Gore and Bush, um, it's, it's pretty much like, you know, looking at Gore, it was like, oh, yeah, I lost, but it's not a big deal, right? That's the data that comes back. Not a big deal, not too unhappy about it, knew pretty much that this is the way that it was supposed to go. When Bush is happy, he's fine. He's not super happy, but it's just like, yeah, it's fine. And so it's, it's like, it's, it's very even on the emotional side with a little up and a little down, right? Now, when we got to 2016 and we remote viewed Donald Trump, you know, his emotional state, I mean, he was ecstatic. It was, it was excellent. He was 
thrilled, almost unbelievable. He thought it was unbelievable. We look at Hillary Clinton and she is raging, like raging, angry. And the viewers would describe her as being behind bars and shaking the bars. So I'm looking at this data and I'm going, look, you know, throughout all the elections, I've come to realize even before that, that it's the system is gamed, 100% gamed. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who you vote for. So I was like, you know, I was just bitter about it in general, right? Then I see this data, like Trump and Hillary, I'm like, okay, something's going on here because he's not part of that team, right? That's, that's what the data told me. He is this wild card, this interloper that came out of left field and took it from them, 100% from them. Mm-hmm. So that is that really perked me up. I'm like, man, something crazy is happening here. And I remember, you know, when the whole QAnon uh, popped up, I was right there, right at the beginning, just watching this stuff unfold, right? And so we had remote viewed that as well, because you can't not. And I won't go into specifics, but I mean, we saw that it is and was a military operation, you know, 100% legit. Uh, what about this uh, virus? Have you, have you looked into that as far as being man-made? Yeah, we, we looked into that. that. Okay, so the first question. Okay, let me explain how remote viewing works in case no, you know, few people out there know. I think most people know these days, but the way we work is that um, remote viewers always work blind. They're, they don't know what they're going to remote view beforehand. <laughs> so we basically just write down a question along with a random like eight digit number. And then we only give the remote viewer that number, right? It's, it's bound with intent to the question. Um, and this, was the, this is the military method of tasking remote viewers. So they get the number and they go through their method um, in order to get information. And so we'll use probably around five remote viewers uh, per project, per question. And then we'll take all that information, pages and pages of information, and then we'll cross-correlate it and pull out the corroborative points so that you've got a very good picture of what the potential is. Um, So that is basically in a nutshell how it works. So uh, with COVID, so the first question that we asked was, is this a um, lab iteration of a natural or a, of a natural virus, right? Anything created in a lab is going to come from nature to begin with, right? So, you know, describe basically how this was created. So the viewers were describing a lab. They were describing a functioning lab, people in suits, glass test tubes, um, splicing DNA, working on on that on that level in order to create something. So, I mean, it was 100% clear, all the data was reflective that it was an iteration from the lab. So the next question after that became, so is this released on purpose or by accident? The viewers talked about these people who were outside of the lab, but in control of the lab, who specifically released it on purpose. So they pushed it out into the population in order to have it spread. Just not an accident, 100% not an accident. And then the next question was, well, why? You know, why did they do this? And literally, I think it comes down to one phrase in the remote viewing data that said, one rule, one law. And that reflects back to the new world order. I mean, all of the language that we got surrounded the surrounding Wise was to drive people into fear and acceptance of a one world government. But the other side of this is that there was some data reflecting that it was it was too early. Like people, people hadn't gotten to a point where they would accept that because this virus is not as damaging as they had hoped it would be. Right. They yeah. may have accepted it if there were, you know, Billions of people dying, millions to billions of people dying, right? Yeah, yeah. But not not in this case. And you know, the other side of this, though, because this is the other side. This is a bioweapon. 
this is not a good thing, right? I mean, even though the um, even though the conditions of it may be light and it may be a little bit more difficult to get than they than they've been suggesting, you still don't want it, right? Because it has these long term effects. Um, you want to make sure that you don't get it, but you know, masks aren't going to do anything. I think it was like 80% of people who were wearing masks, you know, got it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Got it anyway. Yeah. So you, you want to not get it if you can, just because of the more long-term ramifications, you know, you don't know what they've spliced in this thing since it came from a, you know, Chinese lab. Right? We all know this thing's man-made. We all know at, at this point, even, even people who weren't aware that it was man-made are starting to question. It's right. so obvious the numbers, yeah. the CDC, every week they're flip-flopping. They're changing the rules every week. They're just making it, they're spinning it to fit whatever they're trying to do that week. It's always different. Yeah, totally. I mean, this like this whole thing takes me back to when we're working counter-terror and one weird questionable thing that happened. So we were we were doing, you know, future terrorist attacks on U.S. soil. And then um, do you, if you remember, there was these anthrax attacks yeah. that started oh, yeah. happening. So, so outside of us being asked to do this, we just jumped on it because, you know, we're doing counter-terror. And so we figured we, we should do it. So we started to remote view um, where the anthrax came from and who was involved in, you know, spreading it, right? They were sending it to senators and stuff like that. And we were getting like a lab in the United States that it came from and white military males that were uh, in intelligence that were pushing this stuff out, right? And so we're like, wait, wait a second. You know, we're not getting like anything related to Middle Eastern terrorism or anything like that. This is literally some intelligence operation. And so we send this data to the FBI and they're like, no, 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 no. Don't look at it, don't look at it, don't look at it. You know? Sure, of course. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> Uh, so going back to, so during your time, you mentioned uh, being asked to view things such as portals and, 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 and odd things like that. So what, do, what did you see when you did that? Like, and the, the stuff about the secret space programs and all that stuff we hear about, is that legitimate? Have you looked into stuff like that as well? Yeah, we were, we were so there's one instance where we got a phone call from one of the people we worked with in an agency. And literally all he said was, um, some scientists have done something. Can you have a look at what they did and the ramifications of it? That's all he said. So he, he couldn't tell us what it was. He could only sort of point to it. It's not a big deal in remote viewing because you just basically tasked on what the scientists did. Um, and then you can know what it was. So what we saw when we when we passed that was um, these these scientists were trying to um, merge dimensions, our dimension with another dimension. And when you look at all the technology out there, super colliders, even stuff that goes back to Montauk with radar, high powered radar. Um, there's so many stories like the the, the TV series Stranger Things mm -hmm. is about the Montauk, the whole Montauk situation. Um, which we had remote viewed that and it did happen. It is true what happened there at Montauk. So we had seen that, that these scientists were so thrilled with the technology they had and what they could potentially do that they decided they wanted to see if they can merge our dimension with another dimension. So they were able to do that. And because of that merge, some very strange effects occurred in our timeline as well as some bizarre monsters. I mean, it sounds weird. It was what we saw in the data, right? Some Not at all. Monsters came through and have, they have forever changed the fabric of our timeline, of our reality, of our universe by doing this. So we gave him the data, you know, told him what it was, and he was just like, Thanks. Yeah, we thought that happened. Did okay. this happen to did this happen to occur near Skinwalker Ranch? No, it didn't. We didn't look at the location on where it occurred. So one one of the things that always happened to us was that if we looked at really weird stuff that maybe the government or intelligence or whatever was involved with, we wouldn't get in trouble. But if we looked at technology 
that was related to the weird stuff, then we would get warned or locations. So those two things, if we brought those together, we would just, we would get warned. And since there were so many death threats on us, we just stayed away from that. Right, yeah. because that fits the description of what appears to be happening at Skinwalker Ranch, all these creatures and things moving in right. other dimensions and stuff. And that happens I, all I, over the place, yeah. I suspect that what we were viewing was, was Montauk. Okay. I suspect it. I don't know 100% for sure because never ever dug into that aspect just just because of the the watchers over over me and over the team that I was working with. Now what about like um like the secret space program? Has there any or have you done off planet viewing and stuff? Oh yeah. I mean, that's 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 like I don't know that that seems to be like the staple for remote viewing, you sure. know. Let's look at aliens. Let's look at off-planet stuff. Yeah, we looked at, for instance, you know, the Gary McKinnon? Yeah, the uh, hacker. Yeah, yeah, the hacker um, who, man, he um, he got into a NASA computer. Oh, first, he was just, he was pissed off that um, pensioners were dying in Great Britain. And he was convinced that the military and governments had free energy. And so he literally went on a hacking spree in order to try to, you know, bring free energy out. And, and so this guy hacks, like, I don't know how, hundreds of computers, I'm not sure, um, military computers. And basically the way he did it was you just type in, probably just typing in my username and then my password, right? I mean, yeah, that, because nobody changed anything back then. Yep. So when he found access to that NASA computer is when he, um, you know, found that big cigar shaped ship, the picture of it. So we looked at that to see what it was. Um, and that thing looks to be just a massive communications platform. Very, it's a deep space um, type of ship that there were human type astronauts on this ship as well as aliens. Um, so there was a mix. And so the ship from our data appeared to be kind of a hand-me-down. Um, with with extremely high technology, but old technology for the group who gave it to the, um, uh, I don't know, people here, the humans here. Um, and they were using it in order to map space, different areas where they could mine. I mean, mining is really what it comes down to, resources, find resources out in deep space, even travel there with this ship. Um, so this, the, I mean, this, this ties into, this is part of the secret space program. Um, and, and that, that whole huge construct. So we'd also remote viewed stuff on the moon where there are, I mean, there are we've got bases on the moon. That's part of the program because, sure. you know, I mean, just at a very simple level, think about the cost effectiveness of having something orbit in space as a space station versus just having a space station on the moon. I mean, it mm -hmm. seems to make a lot more sense. And the moon is completely mineable. There's, there's tons of stuff on the moon um, that can be used to build things with, you know? In fact, that's a lot of what we see going on there, not just by, you know, humans, us, secret space program, but by other beings, other aliens. They kind of like, like created boundaries and borders on the moon um, and everybody's got their own little, their little, little plot up there. Yeah. Uh, that definitely, know, we, we, I was we saw that. spas. We saw spas on the moon. Spas. It really? sounds completely nuts. I, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. So you get, you viewed the moon and you, there's bases. Have you gone like to Mars and other planets or? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, the Cydonia region of Mars. I mean, there's stuff all over Mars, but I think a lot of the focus is on Cydonia as far as the public goes. The face. Yeah, the face, which yeah, is the face, bit. right? Yeah. And you've got um, some pyramid looking structures, uh, just these square things that look like they've collapsed. Um, and, you know, so we've looked at that pretty extensively, that whole area, try to figure out what that was. And they're literally, ancient structures like we have here on earth, the same, same stuff. In fact, when the viewers go there, 
they see um, like, what would it be? It would be like Aztec and Mayan low relief stuff, right? Like, like on collapsed columns and on the walls and pottery shards. So they see this stuff there. And sometimes they even describe um, uh, like Quetzalcoatl, like that, that being. That's a bird. Um, the bird. Yeah, the, 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 the winged serpent deity of Mesoamerica. Mm -hmm. And so they describe that being. And so it's really fascinating. This area, the Cydonia region used to be this, this hub of their culture. And it, like people from all over Mars, at least with this civilization, I'm sure like the earth, there've been tons of past civilizations there as well, would make pilgrimages to this location. It was like the uh, cultural and governmental seat. And, you know, they'd go there and there was this one area where they would um, commit suicide. I mean, it's part of that whole Quetzalcoatl thing, I think, yeah. um, to become part of the culture, part of the structures that were there, since that they felt that was the height of their civilization. So, yeah, it's, 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 an, it's an incredible place, Mars. But, you know, there's also... So when... <sighs> When you're remote viewing stuff, there are other beings th that have technology that can tell when you're remote viewing, right? Yeah. In fact, I had done some experiments around remote viewing and, and, and very sensitive static um, devices, static electricity devices. And I, I had done these experiments and found that very sensitive devices on the static side can pick up when a remote viewer's field comes into an area. So... So take that, I mean, this is like reinventing the wheel, take that and then apply it to, to technology when you have a ton of money and a ton of resources. So there are bases on the moon where if you go and you remote view them, these alarms go off mm -hmm. and you hear, you literally hear, hear them when you're remote viewing and you know, you're basically pushed out, chased out energetically. Yeah. I've, I've heard another remote viewer explain the same exact thing. Uh, and, and they said, as soon as you're caught, they know your location also. And, and they can, and some of these beings can actually come back and find you like a, let's just say a dark entity or something. So it's really important that if you get caught to put up some type of a protection immediately. So they're not infiltrating. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. I mean, so, so these beings would be more like third to fourth dimensional crossover, you know, where technology looks like it's magic um, and they, they're able to move through each. So they have this broader awareness, this broader consciousness, and they can find you within 3D reality. Um, normal human technology that can detect a remote viewer likely can't find you. Uh, because they don't have that fourth dimensional aspect developed well enough. Um, and there's stories, there's, there's, there are stories out there of remote viewers who have been visited um, and warned after going into some of these locations. Um, I mean, that's, I've, I've been visited before, but not because of that. I try to stay away from that stuff as much as I can. Yeah, so this is not just off planet. These are most of our government and military facilities have this technology that knows if somebody yeah. can view it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's one remote viewer, Daz, Daz Smith, um, great, great guy, great remote viewer um, out of England. He did some, he did a public thing on remote viewing Area 51. Um, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. And and he was going down level by level of the base mm -hmm. and describing everything until he got to a certain level. And all of a sudden, an alien came up and blocked him and didn't allow him to go any further. And that's what you find when you're remote viewing this stuff is that they have these things, not just, you know, beings will come and uh, stop you from going any further. They'll, they'll bounce your consciousness out. They, you will also have what we call viewer traps or they're like mouse traps where there's something dimensional spinning and shiny that you just get sucked in and attracted to while you're remote viewing this location and you don't you can't go anywhere else you're just kind of stuck in this thing until you decide that it's over it's done yeah. we found that with um for instance mount zeal z-i-e-l in australia 
same same thing happens at multiple bases when you go and remote view them. These sort of uh, purported underground bases. Um, I mean, before I got involved in, I've always I've always been open to possibilities and thought that nothing is impossible. And so I had that attitude going into it. Um, I had done a little bit of research around UFOs. I mean, when you talk about like doing research versus listening to somebody tell you what it is, it's mm -hmm. a huge difference, right? Oh yeah. So I've always been a person who's like, I want to find out for myself. I don't want anybody to tell me what is and what isn't. So, so I think the depth of it, the depth of the weirdness um, and the depth of conspiracy in a sense, wasn't shocking to me so much just because I did, I would always do my own research and pull pieces together, whether that's remote viewing or open source. Yeah. And, and so, no, I don't think I was really shocked by it. I mean, but you know, at the same time, things do get weirder and weirder the longer you're in this field, you know? I mean, I don't have the same viewpoint as, as people at all, most people at all, <laughs> just because I've been doing this for so long. The universe is, is um, incredible and amazing. And, and we only see this weird, tiny little sliver of it here on Earth. But learning remote viewing, it, you, you get to know the back alleys of the multiverse. And so your whole experience of the world around you changes. Yeah, yeah I know. I, my mom just died uh, earlier this year, and it's, it's not a big deal. Well, she, yeah. she talks, she'll talk, you know, she'll talk to me. Yeah, nice. I talk to her more now than I did when she was alive. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. I lost my mom when I was 25, and I feel like I have a better relationship with her now than before. It's weird. Yeah, totally. But it's because I'm open to this stuff also. Um, but the stuff, the stories and the experiences I've had, if I were to explain to people, they wouldn't believe it anyway. And it's not. No, they them. wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just really interesting. Um, so I want to jump back into something I wanted to ask you earlier about um, 17. Uh, uh, so have you actually looked into that operation? And what have you seen if you have? The, it, like, I always try to limit it, especially like if, 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 it's, if it's an operation that is on the good side. Yeah. It's like, I mean how much do you want to look into it and let people know versus letting it play out? Because it's, it's, it's an operation on the good side. And obviously there's classified aspects um, that, yeah. you know, if known would compromise the operation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go into that. Like it is an operation. That's, that's really as far as we went. Yeah. Um, because I don't want that kind of information on my, you know, in re remote viewing sessions hanging around or even in the, that in my head. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you were targeted for so long. Is there any part of you that still thinks that you're being targeted when you do this? Or do you think you're kind of clear? No, I, I mean, I, I'm still watched. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had instances and run-ins where it's it's basically uh not a warning but just to let me know what, and what does that look like is it something in, like publicly like people come and try and do something to you or it it's it it follows along the path of um oh, like overt infiltration because because of my past and what i used to what i was doing back then what i used to do back then um working in this think tank it 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 you really have to learn how to um, understand how they work. And so you watch those areas, potential pathways that they work in. Um, and, you know, they'll vary, but you keep your eye out, keep your eye open. And then when someone comes through one of those pathways, that's what you deal with. That's what you look at. That's what you try to close off. Um, and it happens. It's like the pathways are open. Uh, typically because I have to deal with public and people and stuff like that. But when that person comes in, it's always apparent. Uh, you know, also the other side too, is that this is remote viewing. It's like for people who come, 
come and get close to me, I have to understand who they are, right? And so we'll use remote viewing to understand that. So, you know, that's so you that's the go to. So you remote viewed us? You guys? <laughs> no. No, I mean, it's I, it's not like you have to use remote viewing or remote viewing. You you know, everybody's got their spidey senses yeah. just in general. Yeah. And if those get ticked off, you know, then it's like, okay, well, we better look at this individual or people or, you know, someone that wants to work with me and my team, you know, for what reason, what's their motivation, you know, and it's just part of security. You know, I don't want it to be that way. I mean, I didn't like, I, so I left remote viewing for a bit, right? I, after we were basically shut down, um, we had the IRS come in and take our money. We had been harassed so hard by even a person in the state department. And we were like, just trying, they were just trying to shut us down. When they went after our remote viewers in that, you know, in that company is when we had to shut things down. So we shut it all down. And then I just laid low, you know, I, I knew I still had to do remote viewing. So I was still running a team, um, but I wasn't doing anything publicly. And then I started to do um, media stuff in the media. Um, and it, it, but there was this gap. I, and in the gap, it was so refreshing because I didn't have to, I didn't have to like be aware of who my new friends were. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was like, no big deal, you know, go to a bar, have a beer, hang out with people. But then when I went back like really deep into it and going on the media side, you know, doing TV shows and stuff like that is when it started to happen again, you know? And I had, I was like, oh man, sure. you know, like one instance, a person was wanting to take a remote viewing class and it was a good friend of a friend. And that person, I knew that they were not who they said they were because I, my spidey senses ticked off. And so I viewed them and, but I just went along with it, played. Well, it turned out that while they were in my space, my computer got hacked and then my phone camera, my phone was infiltrated and they were able to turn on my phone uh, camera all the time, as well as the microphone. And so they had like gotten into all of my electronics mm. by allowing me to bring them into my space, you know? And it was like, I mean, is that the way that you, you want to like, communicate with me why don't you just like sit down at a table and talk to me yeah. as opposed to think i'm like hiding something it yeah. just never made any sense to me because everything i do is like in the public yeah yeah well it's i mean a... you don't like you don't you wouldn't remove view somebody without their permission technically it's like you wouldn't enter somebody's right. house without their permission so I yeah, I mean, I have ethics around this. We have ethics, and that's what I teach in remote viewing. You have to have ethics. Look, nothing is private. Your minds aren't private, but there's a semblance of privacy and a respect for privacy. And so we mm -hmm. need to hold that. We need to keep to that. You know, yeah. this is part of the human growth, right? You know, you have to have that balance of, of, of power and responsibility. This is something anybody can do. Anybody can remote view. Everybody's got these sensibilities to them. But does that mean you should go and like invade other people's minds? No, bad karma, lack of respect. So what is the farthest back in time you have remote viewed something? So, I, you know, I, I don't know about date dinosaurs. I mean, we, you know, remote viewed dinosaurs before, but I think really what's interesting is, is remote viewing the past civilizations of earth. I think that that's incredibly fascinating because at, at this point, I'm fairly convinced that, um, you know, Darwin's theory of evolution, it, it's correct on a small scale within epochal times, sort of. Um, but I think on a like massive scale, massive cosmic time scale, I think we see something different. I think we yeah. see more of um well, it's like the um, the ages, like the Golden Age, the Silver Age, the Iron Age, Bronze. and the uh, Bronze. 
in the Bronze Age. I think I think what I'm seeing with remote viewing data is that is that we have, are going through these ages, right? And it's the same with the Hindus, and they've got the Kali Yuga and the Satya Yuga and all that. And and I think what what we see with remote viewing in these ancient structures come from these earlier ages, especially when you get to the pyramid type structures where one of the ages, or if not all of the earlier ages use earth energies in order to power their civilizations and communicate with each other. Um, so, so that is really, I think what I find the most fascinating thing. And then in between these ages, there's usually a cataclysm that kind of nearly wipes the slate clean and then humans do it all over again, except they've devolved and gotten less connected to, div to divinity, to divine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that to me is the most fascinating thing here. And, and right now, I know right now we're at the end of the, the Iron Age, the Kali Yuga. We're right at the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, there's always doom and gloom, and I never focus on doom and gloom. Um, but we have been seeing some things that are doom and gloom. You know? Sure. Well, yeah. I think that's just to be expected right now. I don't think I think pretty much all of us at this point know it's going to get worse before it gets better. Right. We're seeing it play out every day, right. but we just have to expect more. But what's interesting about you looking at these past civilizations? So you talk about them using the earth energies to build stuff and communicate. They had a much better understanding of what earth even was what what they were actually capable of what their true potential was that's how they were able to achieve what they did oh yeah and then that's why that's where we that's where we differ and that's ultimately what's leading to our demise you know we're, our technological advancement isn't matching our spiritual advancement and then that's what happens that's how the civilizations fall typically right it just goes to show that these ancient people had a much better understanding of how things work than we do. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's like the earth is, is a giant battery, giant battery, and you can pull off of it. And I just don't, I just don't get why we haven't followed that because when you, when we look at other planets, there's usually, if, if mammals have been there, there's usually a pyramid, you know, I mean, it's just mm -hmm. like the standard for, for um, most species is to draw energy off the earth in that way. It's so cheap. Right? You don't have to use all these resources from the planet. You just use the planet itself. It doesn't make any sense to me what we're doing here. It doesn't. <laughs> no. no. It, well, obviously, we know why, though, because they're, they're trying to make it as far. You know, these, this cabal has their entire yeah. purpose is to make it as far from natural as possible. So anything that organic and natural, they're anti. So. Right, right. Yeah, except they all want us to eat natural veggie burgers now. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like Beyond Meat. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Which kind of scares me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, not that. I mean, not. I mean, I used to be a vegetarian for a long time, but when 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 the corporate media starts mm -hmm. pushing like a, a food product, yeah, like across the board. That kind of starts to freak me out. You just don't know what's in it. For what reason? I just, I, I just get very skeptical. Yeah. 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 So you get back to growing our own food and yeah, raising our own food. Yeah. Yeah. Taking totally. away from the system in general yeah. really is what we need to, we need to do. You know. Well, yeah. Think about it too. It's like what? Just nobody knows how to grow food anymore. Yeah. Like this is for farmers like, within the last hundred years or so. You know, I mean, what happens if food stops getting delivered to the stores? Exactly. Well, we already That's got weird. a glimpse of that during this shutdown uh, mm -hmm. early on. How many, taste how, of it. how many people started to panic? Even, stores were getting empty on stuff. You know, yeah, we're, we're not taught how to harvest mushrooms and what's poisonous and what's not and harvest anything. Uh, you know, we don't know how to go into the woods and survive. Some right. people do, not everybody, but we're not taught that. No. You have to teach that to yourself and how many people are doing that and why would you do that if everything's just given to you? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where they want us. Uh, he, you know, it's really interesting, really quick about the, talking about the veggie burgers. I was in a past life regression and at the end, your higher self comes through and the practitioner 
I actually had a question for my higher self and they asked um they asked about veggie burgers and these meat alternatives and the, the what came through me was uh well do you do you think your ancestors were eating veggie burgers and and vegan brats you know <laughs> uh and that's that's true it's like right that that should tell you right there it's like no that's not where we need to go that's totally unnatural right but like you know you and i were talking though you know we we're hanging out is that you were you were i mean look at factory farming and you were talking about the proper way to harvest meat and that is not the way we do it i mean i think even at least being a hunter is one step closer but that's not even the proper way either there's like this this reverence that you have to give and know that that being that you just took its life gave it to you and that's your brother yes yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's how they kind of uh, a lot of the ancient cultures even the native americans they knew that animal was coming here as a sacrifice and in return uh, upon death they would transition its soul they right. would they would cross over its soul and there was this exchange there was this ag agreement and obviously they blessed the food and they understand they understand they understood the deal they understood the sacrifice we have totally lost sight of that right and how many people are actually continuing to do that and that's something if you try to explain to a vegan they still just like whip out hey, they right. wrap well, their head yeah. around it I was talking to a, um, a native native person and they were telling me that even with the plants, you have to do a chant, you have to sing a song to the plants before you even pick them, mm -hmm. you know, to respect them and, and, and show them who you are and what you're going to use them for. Is there alive? Can you pick them? They're alive as well. They have a consciousness. They're alive as well. well. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. see, to me, this is like the, this is, this is the transition point into another age, right? We're going to go into, I think we go into the, the bronze age from here, right? If you, you want to talk about ages. And I think like these things, we've lost our mental clarity, right? Our, our divine clarity. And these are the kinds of things that we have to bring back into it. That, that like connection with source energy, connection yeah. with the divine which you find in native cultures, just as far as how to live off the land. You know, it isn't about just like stealing, taking everything from the land because it belongs to us. It's literally humbly asking it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, sustenance. even as far as I know people who, uh, if they want to build a house, they won't buy the lumber. They'll actually cut the tree down themselves. They'll, ask permission they'll do the same thing we just talked about with the animal in return they will plant another tree for every tree they cut down to build their home yeah. this is the, these are the ways of life that they just lost yeah yeah that that show um you know i put stuff on youtube right hemispheric remote viewing um teach classes i teach a lot of classes uh have a book out the time before the secret words so yeah yeah it's it's what I do. It's just this constant rolling of trying to push remote viewing out to the public as much as I can, because I think I think that in the, the times that we're in, you know, a lot of people have no idea what is truth and what's untruth. And, you know, I mean, guys like you are doing it and putting it out there. Right. Which is excellent. And I think remote viewing is one of those tools that anybody can use to know what's true and not true. I mean, it, we're being gaslit by government, by media, and people just don't have the mental clarity anymore. Yeah. And they need to yeah. get that back. Yeah, and, Absolutely. and just to add to what you're saying, I've taken a remote viewing workshop here locally, and I was totally shocked at the results. After, on, on the third day, especially, um, I, I was surprising myself because, and I don't even know how I was really doing it, to be honest. And I, and I'm, I'm kind of upset with myself that I didn't actually keep up with it. You know, I was really excited about it for a while and I tried to do it and then, you know, how life is, it kind yeah. of drifts away, but it is possible. I mean, I can only imagine if I would have kept going, you know, I, but you know, it's the thing it's like, but you know, now, like you, you know, that that's a real ability in yourself. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know if you would be able to get it any other way than going through that whole process. And you can always go back to it. It's not something that goes away. I mean, there is obviously this practicing that builds it up, but I'm, you know, it, it also breeds all this, this, uh, it just breeds discernment within you in general. Yeah. Right. So, and, and that gut, that intuition that you formed right there and then is something that's carrying you through what you're doing right now. I, and I just realized why I didn't continue to do it because of something you said, the, the homework that they gave us was boring. Like right. it, it really was, it was so dull and it wasn't exciting. And I kind of lost interest, but I didn't think about it. Like, like you said, you have to make it exciting. Otherwise what's the point? Right. Yeah. It's like just tasking people on buildings over and over again is not fun at all. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's why I mixed it up. Well, that and the, like the Zenner cards and all that stuff. Like we yeah, talked about. The Zenner about. cards. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's just ridiculousness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, since 38 we've been 1938 they've been making clone people there's eight countries making clones. Yeah, yeah. Clonate, uh, don't want to say too much information. This is going to be broadcast okay. on the internet. So the stars that we see on TV are actually grown right here? Uh, that's correct. They're, they're grown and uh, developed here. Because I was raised in a cloning lab to be the perfect woman for Hugh M. Hefner. I have a clone. I, I, I was, I was going to say that. There's two of you. Cats out the bag. <laughs> okay? I think you have to. I think you, like, have to. They kill you if you try to walk away. And they clone you.